hello. Welcome back to Lady Laz. Long time no see. I'm Charlotte, and whether you're a new listener or an old friend, thank you so much for joining me today. Glad to have you here. I know it's been a hot minute, but I promise I have an explanation, and that explanation is music school. (laughs) Yeah, I've just been really busy with projects and just general coursework and getting ready for exams and stuff, but I'm happy to be back and I have some very exciting projects to catch you up on. So in the last couple weeks, I've pulled together kind of two new projects that'll be coming together in the spring. First, I had a little audition for the GGS Opera in the Spring, which is Handel's Rinaldo, and I got cast as a little mermaid, which is very exciting. It's going to be the first opera I'm ever in, and obviously it's just, you know, a cute little role, and I get to sing with a couple of my friends from the boys department, but I'm so looking forward to it, and it's just going to be a really cool opportunity, so that's going to be really fun, and that's in March. And then on top of my already like planned solo recital, which is also in March, that I have to do for school, I'm also going to do a second recital in May with a couple of my friends, which I'm really excited about. We're going to do some Schumann rep and some Brahms, which if you know me, like I'm just already over the moon about it. And so that's kind of just in the beginning stages of getting planned out, but I'm so looking forward to it. Um... Yeah, I just, I'm excited about being able to make music with other people and people that I haven't gotten to work with that much before. So yeah, I've just been kind of trying to kickstart some of these fun projects that aren't just kind of driven by need, but more driven by, you know, my own interest. So yeah, um, I hope you're all doing well. I know it's just kind of an icky time of year. I've definitely been feeling it. Like, I'm not sick but I can tell my body is just tired and I'm ready to have a break I just haven't had the strength to like really take care of myself lately to be honest because I've just been on such autopilot with getting work done for school so that's been kind of tough to be honest but all that being said I thought today we could have a fun little light-hearted episode where I kind of list off some of my favorites from this year my charlotte wrapped if you will even though you know i don't have spotify and don't didn't get a spotify wrapped i am still gonna take the idea and use it for my own benefit so i thought we'd start out with my top albums of the year and originally i was trying to make it like you know my top albums that came out in 2021 but out of the five albums i picked it ended up being only two of them technically came out in 2021 so yeah not sorry, but kind of sorry. So I'm going to list them off in chronological order, starting with The Neighborhood, Chip Chrome, and The Monotones, specifically the deluxe version. This came out in December 2020, and all the songs on it are just, like, iconic. They give me very, like, 70s, just, like, kind of retro, but still amazing, just, like, unique Mm, it's just the best like summertime vibes and I listen to it all year like totally all year and a couple of my favorite songs from that album were Lost in Translation, Here We Go Again, and Cherry Flavored. 
Then next is like the big throwback for me, which is Ultra Violence by Lana Del Rey. Personally, I haven't been a huge fan of her last two albums, which came out this year, Chemtrails and Blue Bannisters. So I kind of had my little renaissance moment with Ultraviolence this year Um, because it was like the first Lana album that I listened to like as it came out because I started listening to her just a little after Born to Die was released and I think that was released 2012. I might have started listening to her in like 2013. So Ultraviolence came out in 2014 and I absolutely fell in love. Still remember where I was and what I was doing the first time I listened to the album and I kind of like I love the whole album and in case you're wondering when I first listened to it as like a young teenager my favorite song was Is This Happiness but this summer I was listening to Florida Kilos and Brooklyn Baby nonstop, just the perfect summer jams and I just I'm obsessed with the cool girl California laid-back aesthetic that she brings up in her songs and it's just the songs are so unlike anything else she's ever done and I just am totally obsessed and then next, also in the summer, obviously, Lord's album Solar Power came out, her first new album in four freaking years. So who would I be if I didn't include that album? I was just so blown away. The production, like Jack Antonoff as a producer is incredible. Lord's songwriting, unparalleled. The unique individuality, just so inspiring. And of course, I love the whole album, but the songs that I listen to the most that I think are maybe more underrated are The Path, The Man with the Axe, and Oceanic Feeling. Obviously, I love the classics like Solar Power and Stone to the Nail Salon, but those three really just kind of stuck with me personally, like struck a chord with me, so to speak. And then kind of a total opposite end in terms of genre and style I also started listening to a lot more Tyler, the creator, this summer with his new album, Call Me If You Get Lost, and I know that might come as a shock to a lot of you because I'm not the biggest fan of rap in general, but there's something about his style and just, like, the kind of quirky cheekiness of his lyrics and, like, I just love kind of the mixes that he has and just, I don't know, there's something about it that just really clicks with me. And makes me feel so badass when I'm like walking down the street listening to his albums. So yeah, I'm totally in love. And probably my favorite track from that album is What's Your Name. Um, But yeah, sometimes I just listen to him like nonstop for like a day. And I'll just walk around and be like, oh yeah, I'm so cool right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then the last album that I started listening to the most recently. Again, kind of an old one that I just hadn't really listened to before was Stranger in the Alps by Phoebe Bridgers, which I know I've talked about before. And yeah, it's just a very lovely mix of folk and alternative and bedroom pop. And it just has this authenticity to it that makes me really happy. I don't know how else to put it, but yeah, Phoebe's voice is just so lovely and so personal. And I think my favorite track from that album is Killer. It just it's different (laughs) and then I also want to give an honorable mention not to another album but to a song by Home Shake called Love is Only a Feeling the album that it's on I think it's called Midnight Snacks or something I didn't really love as a whole but this song like is a literal 
just earworm in the best way and it just I could listen to it all day literally it makes me feel so good inside there's something about it that just especially if you're listening to it with headphones it just sits so nicely in your ears so I would totally recommend you go listen to all those tunes and if you need any more recommendations you know that I definitely have way more so hit me up Next, I want to talk about books that I read this year. I actually posted this on my Instagram story, like on my personal Instagram earlier, but I needed to hype them up again because this year, 2021, was really the year of literacy for me. My goal was to read 15 books and I made it to book number 16, which I'm on right now. So proud of myself for having a little goal setting and achieving moment. Um... But yeah, the first book that I read, I think when I was like alone in Toronto in February or March was Normal People by Sally Rooney. Definitely an intense read and, you know, she deals with a lot of mental health issues and kind of issues with like toxic dependency and relationships and just kind of very heavy things. But her writing style is very blunt and raw, which I love. And it just feels very true to like life experience. Like she really doesn't kind of sugarcoat anything, but she still makes all these moments seem so special and main character-y, if you know what I mean. And I'm sure a lot of you have probably read that book already, but if you haven't, I would really, really highly recommend it. Then next, at the beginning of the summer, I read The Anthropocene Reviewed by John Green, which was so profoundly touching for me. I remember growing up, especially in my, like, younger teenage years, I read all of his fiction books, you know, like, Fault in Our Stars, Looking for Alaska, Paper Towns, Abundance of Catherines, all of those, and I remember feeling so just, like, enthralled by them, but now being kind of an older teenager slash young adult and reading his first nonfiction, it really kind of hit home for me that this man is an incredible writer no matter what he's talking about. Um, I laughed, I cried, I cried a lot. Finished it in like two days. Um, yeah, if you're interested in nonfiction that isn't heavy but is still kind of insightful and interesting and slightly intellectual but not inaccessible, I would 100% recommend this book. I think it's the perfect Christmas gift to get somebody who maybe isn't the biggest fan of like fiction but isn't into like super dense reads either I don't know it's just like a like I can't see anybody reading it and not liking it there's really something for everyone in it and it's just a series of essays that range from totally random and weird to just the most emotionally profound <laughs> the most emotionally profound things that you could ever read so totally totally go read that then next, as another nonfiction entry, I have Malcolm Gladwell's What the Dog Saw, which is another kind of series of essays and articles that he wrote for, I believe it was the New Yorker or the Washington Post. And these are slightly more academic and kind of denser reads, but still very accessible and still very interesting. And I definitely felt like an intellectual reading them and, you know, kind of gave me some good insight and he talks about some really interesting topics um you know just kind of helping me broaden my mind a bit I 
think I talked about it in an episode before, so I won't draw it out too long, but that was definitely an interesting read and probably my favorite book that I read by him this year. I, I read maybe three or four of his, his books. Then last month, I read The Enchanted April by Elizabeth von Arnhem, a very, again, touching fiction book, beautiful setting, set in a castle in Italy and four women who don't know each other decide to rent it out together to save money and it's it's set in like the 20s I think or like late 1910 so it's like it's an older book written super love written super lovely lovely writing (laughs) um and you know it's not like the most kind of plot driven book but it really like the characters are super interesting and um it's just a very good escapist book so definitely check that out if that's what you're into. And then finally, one more nonfiction. I don't know why I read so much nonfiction this year, but I was just trying to be smart, I guess. It, that is Clara Schumann, The Artist and the Woman by Nancy B. Reich. Very dense, very intricate, very meticulously written, but I could not imagine there being a more comprehensive view into this woman's life, like, ever. Um, and as somebody who's going through a massive Schumann phase right now, both with Clara and Robert, I really could not have a better resource to kind of ground myself and and figure out what really was going on. And I really feel like I'm kind of able to connect with Clara through reading a lot of this like firsthand, like her letters that she wrote and her experience having a husband who is literally going insane. And I haven't gotten to the part about her and Brahms yet, but I can only imagine how good that part's going to be. So I definitely would recommend that to anybody who's even remotely interested in the Schumanns or just classical music in general because it's just super well written and comprehensive and and just provides a really good insight into like the culture of the time and you know what kind of a composer's life looked like which you know I didn't really have any idea I just kind of was like oh you know they wrote music but they probably weren't like they couldn't have been that interesting but trust me it's very juicy. So now I want to talk about my favorite brands of the year. I only have three, um, and I bet most people who know me that are listening to this can name at least one of the three, and I'll start with the easiest one, which is Glossier. You already know I'm obsessed with their branding and their packaging and their aesthetics and all of that fun stuff, but if you need some good recommendations... This is what I wear on my face pretty much every day. So I start with their concealer. I'm just obsessed with it. It's nice and lightweight and easy to put on. Then I go in with the cloud paint sometimes if I'm feeling blush. I use the shade Storm as my favorite. You need like the tiniest, tiniest amount, but it's so lovely. And then I use their highlighter, the Halo Scope in the shade Quartz, which I really just like pretty much use every day. Their lip balm, balm.com, my favorite scent, I guess, my favorite flavor of it is cookie butter, which is limited edition. So get on that right now. (laughs) Or the mango one is super good too. And then the literal godsend from Glossier, the thing that I could not live without is their mascara, Lash Slick. I've perfected my mascara routine and Lash Slick is always my base It makes my eyelashes so long but keeps them separate so it almost looks like I'm wearing extensions which is perfect for me because I can't afford to keep getting actual extensions. So 
I would 100% recommend like investing in it and it's honestly not even that expensive compared to some other like nicer makeup brands out there and they do free shipping if you spend more than 40 bucks so like pretty much you can get like a decent deal and they do like packages where like if you buy like a thing in a set it'll be discounted and stuff so kind of went ham on Black Friday with Glossier but I have no regrets I love pretty much almost all of their products and it's just really user-friendly like and doesn't make me feel like I'm hiding anything about myself when I put the makeup on it feels like it's just kind of accentuating my best features which makes me happy and then Oakenfort was probably one of my favorite new clothing brands that I got into this year. Their sweaters are so cute and comfy and I've just kind of been refining my style to like basics and like minimum, not minimalist, but like definitely kind of neutral colors, classic cuts, nothing tacky or like over the top, just very kind of like classic silhouettes and just like prioritizing functionality and just feeling good and what I'm wearing so I've been in love with their sweaters they have like a great oversized basic like crew neck sweater like sweatshirt and a lovely crew neck sweater like knit sweater I love their little cardigans um and they have some nice just like good t-shirts and stuff too but especially their sweaters I think I have like three or four I have this like lovely 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 v-neck sweater from them that's like super oversized i just love wearing like little dainty tanks underneath Mm, chef's kiss and then final brand which probably is the thing i've been most newly obsessed with is the brand cotton spelled k-o-t-n they have the best basics if you have a larger chest you need to try their tank tops because they're the only tanks i've ever had that actually cover side boob swear like I swear to you it changes the game and yeah I'm just like so happy (laughs) that I own clothes from them and also their t-shirts just fit perfectly and are so comfy and good quality and considering that they're ethically and sustainably made and you know um, they're very transparent about their sources and how they treat their cotton workers and everything I am kind of like happy to spend a little bit more money on their products versus buying a really cheap t-shirt from like H&M or something and honestly their prices are quite reasonable when you consider the fact that they are paying ethical wages and things I think most of their t-shirts range between 20 and 30 dollars and I literally got the most gorgeous black long sleeve kind of maxi dress for performances from them and it was like $65 and it's super comfy and just fits me so well so definitely check them out I think they do free shipping in Canada at least and they do free same day delivery in Toronto so get on that if you're in the GTA also their anti-fit denim their jeans so phenomenal super just like good quality I have the dark wash and I kind of want to get the light wash and I'm honestly tempted to get like a size smaller for to have like a tighter fit one and then I have like a looser fit one because they're kind of supposed to fit a bit baggy but yeah could go on and on for days about them definitely check them out so now I'm gonna talk about my favorite food and beverageinos I'm literally looking at my notes like why did I write this but anyways this summer I went through a fat Aperol spritz phase and I have no shame about it it was literally me like manifesting my Italian life dream if you know you know 
And kind of on that same note, I really love an espresso martini. I know I'm super basic, but they just are good and classic. And like, you know, there's nothing wrong with like a good G&T or vodka soda, but sometimes I just want to feel a little classy, you know? And then this fall and winter, for the first time in my entire life, I've been getting into hot coffee. I love a good frothy coffee with barista blend oat milk, which is like the only oat milk that froths well, or oat nog by Urson. Best thing I've ever tasted. So, so good. So definitely try a little oat nog latte this winter. And then finally, my top food of the year, (laughs) this sounds so dumb, was my homemade focaccia. I'll send the recipe or I'll link the recipe in the description. It's no need from Bon Appetit. You just have to let it rise like overnight in your fridge, but it's literally phenomenal and basically foolproof. Um, My mind was blown. I haven't eaten that much bread in so long, but it was just incredible and glorious. So finally, before we end today's pod, I just want to thank my 2021 sponsors, Caffeine, Incredibly Specific Playlists, Self-Confidence, Queen West, A Ridiculous Amount of Mascara, Honesty, Silver Jewelry, Main Character Moments, and last but not least, Tequila Shots. Don't forget the lime. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to some of my favorites from this year, and let me know what yours were. If any of yours were the same as mine, I'd love to hear it. Or if you have recommendations for music or books or literally anything, let me know. I'm super curious. And... Yeah, I think you can expect maybe one more episode out of me this year. I definitely want to talk about kind of my development as a person this year and what my goals are for 2022, which I freaking can't believe we're almost there. Kind of terrifying, but we're just going to pretend like everything's fine. And yeah, I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your week. And if you have exams, just hang in there. We're almost there, guys. Um, And yeah, I'm just sending you lots of love. And I'll talk to you again soon.